Hey, 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 Kingdom Citizens. I pray that you are all doing well on today, wherever you may be, or tonight, if it's your day or your night, whatever time zone that you may be in, I pray that all is well with you. Thank you for tuning in to Mental and Love Notes 101. I am so thankful and I am so elated just to be in the land of the living. You know, so many didn't, it's a, it's a blessing denied to many. Because a lot of people had not made it this far. For whatever reason, for the sickness and disease from COVID or just being, you know, elderly. Some people have not made it this far. But you are here tuning in. So that is a blessing. Just give God praise on that alone. Because that alone is, shows us that he has us here for a reason such as this. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you, God. For seeing me worthy, seeing me available to do what you would have my hands to do. Because a lot of people are available, but a lot of them is not prepared. So if you are prepared and know that if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you wouldn't be here today. That's enough to say thank you. The song that you hear playing in the background is Made Away by Travis Green. Because we have to understand, it's only by God who made that way. Made a way for you, made a way for me, made a way for our children, our children's children, our family, our loved ones. God made a way. And for that, I am so thankful. This morning, as I was beginning to just study his word, he took me to Exodus chapter 10. He took me to Exodus chapter 10. It was one verse that stood out, but I'm going to read the whole chapter just for your enlightenment to understand what he is saying. The Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh, for I have made his heart hard. And I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version. And his servant's heart that I might show them signs. Excuse me while I turn this down. That I may show these my signs of divine power before him. And that you may recount in the ears of your sons and your grandsons what I have done in derision of the Egyptian and what things I have repeatedly done there. My signs of divine power done among them that you may recognize and know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Mm. Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your country. And they shall cover the land so that one cannot see the ground. And they shall eat the remainder of what escaped and is left to you from the hill. And they shall eat every tree of yours that grow in the field. The locusts shall fill your houses and thou, those of all your servants and of all the Egyptians as neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen from their birth unto this day. Then Moses departed from Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's servants said unto him, 
How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. Do, do you not yet understand and know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron went brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God, but just who are to go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herd, all of us and all we have, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Pharaoh said to them, let the Lord be with you. If I ever let you go with your little ones, see you have some evil purpose in mind. Not so. You that are men without your families, go and serve the Lord. For that is what you want. And Moses and Aaron were driven from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand. Over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon on the land of Egypt and eat all the vegetation. Of the land, all that the hell has left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when he was morning, and when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts came, excuse me, like came up over the land of Egypt and settled down on the whole country of Egypt, a very dreadful mass of them. Never before were such locusts as these, nor will there ever be again. For they covered the whole land so that the ground was darkened and they ate every bit of vegetation of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hell had left. There remained not a green thing on of the tree or the plants of the field in all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron in haste. He said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and you. Catch that. I have sinned against the Lord your God and you. Now, therefore, forgive my sins, I pray you, only this once, and entreat the Lord your God, only that he may remove from me the plague of death. Then Moses left Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a violent west wind, which left the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust remained in all the country of Egypt. But the Lord made Pharaoh's heart made more strong and obstinate, and he would not let the Israelites go. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heavens, and that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness which may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky, and for three days a thick darkness was all over the land of Egypt. The Egyptians could not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the Israelites had natural light in their dwelling. And Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Let your little ones also go with you. It is only your flock and your herds that must not go. But Moses said, You must give unto our hand all sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. There shall not be a hoof be left behind, for of them 
must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord made Pharaoh's heart stronger and more stubborn, and he would not let them go. And Pharaoh said to Moses, Get away from me. See that you never enter my presence again, for the day you see my face again, you shall die. And Moses said, You have spoken truly. I will never see your face again. One of the things I love about this story is, and what we have already been talking about, is follow me. Follow me. That's been the, the episode for this week, is follow me, this month. And in the point of following him, we have to know that in following Jesus Christ, not following Pharaoh, not following, you know, the, the men or the servants, but following the command of the Lord. Moses was willing to follow the commands of the Lord. See, a lot of, we read that in the New Testament on last week, but here we are in the Old Testament and it speaks of the same thing. Who are you willing to follow? Who are you willing to lead, lead you? Because even though Moses was a man servant of God, he still was getting his directions and, and, and instructions from the master, king, lord of lords. It was God who was giving him the instructions. And it was also God who was turning the heart of Pharaoh against the people, making it more stubborn. But God, Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. That word, that command will lead us into our purpose when we learn to follow him. Follow him. You cannot be led in purpose following flesh. You cannot be led in purpose following people who you think, oh, I, this is my spiritual mom. This is my spiritual dad, so I'm going to follow them. But you're not taking heed to what God is calling you to do. You are going in the wrong direction. A wrong direction. One of the things that I love about this story in Exodus chapter 10 is that God gave Pharaoh warning. He gave him warnings before Moses ever stretched his hand. He gave him warnings of what's getting ready to happen if you don't let these people go. He's giving them warnings. God even now is giving people warnings. And, and, and so many in the, in, in the household of faith has folks in ceremonial bondage that they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't go here, they can't go there. I got to monitor you to this, monitor you to that. But at the same time, if you trust the God that's in me, you don't even have to do anything. And most of the time, people do it because now I have this title, I have this call, I have this, this persona that everybody looks to me, this influence. Look, think about Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a very high influence, but it was an evil influence. So God knew that evil that was in his heart. So he said, since I know the evil that's in your heart, let me make it strong and more stubborn. I have to use somebody to show that I'm getting ready to do mighty works. I have to sh do, use somebody to show that I show my divine power to my divine glory. Even in the point of, of Jesus, he used Judas. Judas betrayed the master. But he, in that point, he used that to show, okay, I need to use you because somebody got to help me get to this cross. So I always tell people, you could be chosen, but for chosen for what? For what? For what? Are you chosen for good or are you chosen for evil? 
Because Jesus chose Judas because he already seen Judas and how he treated the woman of the alabaster box. He already seen that his heart was evil. His heart was greedy. He said, okay, now he can help me get to the cross. So Jesus, even God, God saw that Moses was already, I mean, not Moses, excuse me, Pharaoh was already evil. He saw that Pharaoh already has a callous heart. So he said, let me make his heart stubborn, hard, callous. So that when the time come, I have to use him to show my glory, show my power, so that he is going to let my people go. Verse 9 is where the Holy Spirit took me to this morning. And as I was reading, he just kept saying, Exodus 10 and 9, he said, And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flock and our herd, all of us. And all we have, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Moses had already declared, decreed, and declared. Even though Pharaoh was saying, "No, you, 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 you know, you can, you and first he said, you and Aaron can go. Then he turned around and said, you and your children and your family can go, but just stop, can't. But Moses already declared, no, we all gonna go. Everything that we have, everybody's going. Because he said, we must hold a feast to the Lord. I love that part because in the midst of that, when you know how to celebrate God, he will celebrate you. So sometimes we run around here wondering why people ain't celebrating us, why people ain't congratulating us, why people ain't you know helping us get to that place that we need to be. So everybody's not for you. Everybody can care less about what you got going on. Going on. Some people are jealous of you. Some people allow envy to rule. Some people have allowed hatred and malice to rule. But God said in the midst of that, he said, when you learn to celebrate me, I celebrate you. They had to hold a feast to the Lord. They had to hold, they must, he said, I must hold a feast to the Lord. So the point of, I need everything because I don't know what the Lord may be requiring of me. And I don't want to be in the presence of the living God and don't have everything that he's calling me to have. So we all have to go. We all have to go. That's a commandment. We all have to go. So in this festival that they wanted to have for the Lord, he said, we got to celebrate. We are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. How often do we celebrate the Lord? How often do we, you know, tell God, thank you for doing all. How often do we celebrate? Not often enough. Not often enough. But God said, I want you to celebrate what I'm getting ready to do in your life. I want you to celebrate even in this, this time and this season now that we are in and in, and, most of it called a uh, uh, Purium, P-U-R-I-M, Purium. And it's a Jewish festival held in the spring, the 14th or the 15th, or around the 14th and 15th, the day of Adar, to commemorate the defeat of Haman. Y'all remember Haman? Haman was the one that was coming against Esther. You see what I'm saying? So it's always, oh God, it's always somebody who is, as my husband would say it like this, the devil got a plot, but God has a plan. The devil's plot is always done in darkness and secret, 
But God's plan is always done in the opening to let you know who I am and what I said I want to do. It shall be done. But Purim, it was to commemorate the defeat of Haman's plot to massacre the Jews as recorded in the book of Esther. You haven't read about it? Go back and read about it, right? It was a Jewish religious festival commemorating because these people were saved by one woman who was following the instructions of the Lord. Get that. She wasn't following the instructions of her uncle Mordecai. She wasn't following the instructions of her husband. She was following the instructions of the Lord that saved the people from Haman and all his evilness that he wanted to do to all the Jewish people. It was a joyous festival where friends and family and the Jewish community gathered to tradition their feasting, rejoicing, and exchanging food. They began to rejoice because God had just delivered them from the hand of the evil one, which the enemy were using, Haman. What evil one that you have, the enemy is using in your life. And the sad thing about it, it's not always the enemy or, or, or people that you don't know. Sometimes it's people that you know in cl- close proximity to you that the enemy will use to come against you. But it's still to a point to show God's glory. Every season that we have to go through is a preparation period. We don't understand the preparation and sometimes we don't understand the season. But then God said, I'm preparing you for this time because when you see it again, you will know how to handle it. You will know how to handle it. Purim, P-U-R-I-M, which literally means lots. L-O-T is lots. Sometimes it's known as the Feast of Lots. These people were saved from the persecution of an enemy. Same thing with Moses. They were saved from the persecution of the Pharaoh enemy. We have to understand that even in the midst of what... (laughs) You can, it was Mordecai who discovered the plot and at his urging, Esther risked her life by revealing her identity to him and exposing Haman to wipe out her people. She was willing to stand and risk it all for we know in the scripture, she said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to, she was going, she had, she was adamant about saving the people. Mordecai discovered the plot. Because sometimes you have to discover the plot that's against you. Sometimes you have to discover what the enemy is really trying. Okay, I discovered that in my case, in my case, I discovered that I had a monitoring spirit watching me. In my case, I discovered that I had a jealous spirit that was around me trying to befriend me, but the whole time you couldn't stand me. Everything I was saying was getting twisted. Everything I said was getting twisted to the ears of another. 
So now it looked like I've come to take over or I come to don't know my place or I come. No. So when you discover the plot of the enemy and sometimes they can make you be look like you're the one that's causing a problem. You're the one who's the problem problematic. You're the one who come. Yeah. No. Discover the plot. And now let God expose, expose it. Let God expose it. You stand in your ground to what God's called you to do. Moses stood in his ground what God called him to do, and he did not persuade, and he did not compromise. You stand in your ground what God called you to do. But at the same time, you discover the plot. Don't be naive to the plot. You discover the plot. Because the enemy going to come like a, a roaring lion. He's going to come to try to shift you like wheat. He's going to come. But at the same time, it's going to be God who exposed. God's going to expose it. God's going to expose it. And whatever God has said to allow to be, it shall be. It shall be. God told, he told Moses, Moses said, See, that's the part where some of us, we ain't saying anything. We, we're not opening our mouth to decree and declare a thing. Moses said, all of us, everything going. Even though he was still in his adamant about who was going, who won't going. But Moses said, Moses already decreed it. We all going. But God utilized Moses and he utilized Pharaoh for his purpose. Both was for his purpose. God needed Moses to get his people and stand up strong to be the leader for his people. And God used Pharaoh to be the, the negative leader to show us that if you have a stubborn heart, this is what's going to happen to you. You have a stubborn heart. This is what you're going to This is this is your results. But God even put, they said that God made his heart stubborn. So these people that's coming against you, it's the it ain't always the enemy. Sometimes it's God using them. So sometimes I used to say it's the enemy. It's the enemy. No, I'm not even giving the enemy any credit. This said the Bible declared that God hardened Moses, I mean uh, Pharaoh's heart. That God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I'm sure it was God that, that even Haman. Haman had to see the, the power of God. Haman had to understand what chosen mean. Haman had to understand what God's called mean. Haman had to understand what God beloved children mean. Haman had to understand and see the power of God for his people. So don't be naive to the plot. Once you discover the plot and you willing to take no risk in discovering that plot and, and helping the people believe the enemy going to come after you. And he's coming with all guns, barrels, darts that he can think of. But it's still going to expose the plot that the enemy has and the what the plot that was against you. Because sometimes the enemy will use people. Don't get me. Don't please don't misconstrue that. But you have to know when it's the enemy and when it's God. You have to know when it's the enemy and when it's God. You have to know that enemy can't do anything without God. 
So if the enemy is using a person, it was first given by the instructions of who? God. The enemy don't have any power. He don't have enough sense who to use. So if he using people, it's only by the instructions of God. But who are you following? Who are you following? Are you following the crowd? Are you following the, the people to be the hype man or to be the one that, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm with this one because, you know, she got power and because she got influence and I'm going to run with them. Okay. But if God telling you not to, you still willing to follow that? You still willing to be the do boy, do girl, doing everything that man wants you to do? Sometimes getting you in trouble and you don't even realize it. They're keeping their name in the clear because they don't want nobody to know it's really me. But the underlining of that, the subtle, there's that subtle underlining and undercover stuff that Amy likes to do, but you discover the plot. You discover the plot. Holy Spirit ain't teaching. The Holy Spirit is not allowing us to discern when there's a monitoring spirit. The Holy Spirit is not letting us discern uh, that there's a peeping spirit and an eavesdropping spirit. The Holy Spirit lets you know that because it's there. It's there. For a whole month or so, I've been dealing with this monitoring. So, oh, God, why does it feel like I'm being monitored? It's there. You discover the plot. So in the midst of following God, know that the plan, no, it's not an easy path. Because the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you off of it. And then even in the midst of that, God is going to prepare us to know how to handle certain things. The Lord is, there was time that, yeah, I would get upset and frustrated about certain things that would come at me. I would get upset and frustrated about why this happening or why this one seemed like she's coming against me and this one's supposed to be so ranked in the spirit. But then you coming against me, you, you, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because sometimes you got to see the one that's behind the scene. Because a weak-minded person only had... A weak-minded person following instructions. They everybody have to have a leader. Weak-minded people just don't do stuff. They've been led to do it. So my question again: Who are you following? Who are you following? Jesus said, "Follow me." That wasn't an invitation. That was a command. Cause when we follow Him, He's not gonna have us into a whole lot of mess. He's not going to keep stirring up mess. And you know what? And, and it's sad to say these people and, and so anointed, pointing and call, but they are the ones that's causing the mess. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, every time I used to talk, used to hear this person, and the first thing they said, they're going through warfare, they're going through spiritual warfare, they're going through this, going through that. And I said, you know, thinking like, dang, I don't, you know, being right, maybe you have to go through all that. But some of the stuff is you putting yourself through. Seeds that you done sown. Seeds that you sow now reap you reaping back. It ain't everybody. If you stay out of stuff, 
Because sometimes you can be so anointed and appointed, but let me tell you something. That does not validate the point about your characteristic. That does not negate the fact that you nasty, you know, in flesh. God's anoint, God will anoint us for the task at hand, and he will anoint us to do what we are called to do, but that does not negate the fact that you still have some issues inner man that you need to deal with. That's not take that away. We have to understand that the, the, the anointing and the Holy Spirit are two different people. To do two different things into the Holy Spirit, yes, pours the anointing on you, but if you're not being yielded and controlled by Holy Spirit, you're gonna be controlled by self and flesh. So when them some of them, them attacks come on you, it's nothing but self-inflicted wounds, some of it. So we have to be very careful. Thinking that we are exempt from chastisement. That we are exempt from punishment. That we are exempt from judgment. My my title does not make me exempt. When I feel like that I'm being exempt from it, it's called a spiritual disease. It's a spiritual disease. Because we, we are all... Subject to chastisement. God said he chastised those he loved. And because he loved us enough to help us get it right. We can't keep going down that same path. We can't keep hiding behind titles. We can't keep hiding behind the anointing. We can't keep hiding behind it. We can't. I don't have no problem with with telling somebody I'm, I, I'm, I ask for forgiveness. I don't have no problem with humbling myself to ask for forgiveness. I don't have no problem with humbling myself and repenting when I know that I've done wrong. People preaching and teaching and still can't even get it right with one another. God said, you leave that gift at the altar and you go get it right with your sister and your brother. That's what true following him means. Doing according to his will and his way. What did Jesus say about that situation? How did Jesus say about that situation? Jesus don't need for you to be an overseer over anything. He has an overseer over that. Sometimes we don't understand our places. Sometimes we don't understand our places. Nowhere in scripture did Jesus ever tell somebody to go monitor somebody else because I want to make sure they're doing it right. Or go monitor them and make sure they ain't doing nothing. Uh-uh. That, that's, not, that's not the will of the Lord. If Jesus gave you an assignment, even he told Peter, if you love me, keep my commandments. He even told him, he said, do you love thou me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him that several times. But he wanted to know, I want to make sure that I have your heart and not just your lip service. So when you're telling God that, make sure you truly mean it. Because I'm telling you, whenever they're vision, they're going to be testing trials to see if it's authentic. Whenever you make a vow, they're going to be testing trials to make sure you're authentic. 
Whenever you make God a promise, they're going to be testing trial to make sure you are authentic. Y'all going to know, do you really mean this? And when you say yes, Lord, get ready. Get ready. So if your yes is really sincere, you're going to pass the test. I, 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 I'm not ashamed to tell somebody, and I'll be transparent with you. I'm not ashamed that I have failed some pop quizzes. Pop quizzes came and I failed it miserably. But when the test come, I want to be able to pass it. I don't want to have to keep going through the same thing year after year, mountain after mountain, wilderness after wilderness. No, I want to learn. I want to learn from all that I have endured to know that I can stand. And after doing all that I can do, continue to stand. And that is what God's prayer is for you and I, that we stand and be who he called us to be in these last and evil days. Yeah, the enemy is going to come. He's going to come. Anytime that he, he done fell from grace. He done fell from, you know, the promised land. He's not going back into the kingdom of God. So if he can keep you out of the kingdom of God, don't you think he's going to do it? Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. He's going to do just that. That is all I have that God has given to me. I just want to continue to tell you to follow God, follow him in all things. And all, yeah, sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes you're going to have to walk away from people that you love. Sometimes you're going to just have to get in the corner by yourself and cry, weep, do whatever you got to do, pray fast. But hey, follow him. It is better to obey. It is better to obey God. We have to obey God. Obedience is what he's requiring in this hour and this season. Obedience. Only announcement that I have today is tomorrow on the 18th at 6 o'clock. CRC family will be doing their prayer and intercession. If you would like to join, that dial-in number is one 425 Four three six six three four one. Again, the dial-in number is four two five four three six six three four one. The access code is one nine six five six nine. The access code is one nine six five six nine. I pray that you can join us. We continue to pray for the youth because our youth is under attack. The enemy is doing everything he can to. Just come against them, but just continue to pray ye one for another. And maybe you not maybe you are in good standing and you don't need prayer. But I'm sure that somebody that you came up across say, if you get chance, pray for me. Put my name on the altar. So we don't wait till on Sunday morning to put somebody's name on the altar. But we make sure that we are doing our due diligence in this land and this time now. And we just continue to thank God for giving us an opportunity to pray. So continue to trust God and know that he loves when you celebrate him. Whatever he brought you out of, celebrate. Whatever you know that he's here to bring you out of, celebrate. Whenever you know that he has done something marvelous, celebrate. Celebrate him. Because when we celebrate him, he will celebrate us. Amen. Well, this is your girl, 
C.L. Suss with Mental and Love Notes 101. To God be the glory.